the guy's a bum. The guy was like, he's a bum. His whole career, he's a bum. Like, I don't mean to disparage anyone, but he sucks. <laughs> yes. Welcome to episode 52 of season two of Brews and Bruins, a drinkable podcast you can taste, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and uh, DraftKings. Drew, you get the you get the read for DraftKings? Oh boy, that I don't. That's not good. What's the date? It is the third. All right, of course we're. Should, should I tweet out the live stream here? Does it automatically you go out? Yeah, it automatically goes up, but you should retweet it. Okay. Exactly, like just in case. And, yeah. <laughs> All right. The second round is in full swing of the basketball playoffs, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. The best part is that it's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions like who's going to score the most fr- three pointers, who's going to score first. <laughs> <all that. laughs> oh, questions will range from which team will hit the most. Oh, I already read that. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings app not one of those lower rated ones now and use promo code thpn like the hockey podcast network when you sign up to get your free shot at ten thousand dollars in total prizes every day of the hockey playoffs wait so this applies to hockey too that's sick head to DraftKings page and get your shot at huge cash prizes that's promo code thpn for a limited time only at DraftKings eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com for details Great. All right. Yeah. Episode 52, season two. We got Shukri Wrights on from uh, the Shukri Wrights podcast and uh, several, maybe all of the radio shows. I don't want to get any of them wrong. Uh, <laughs> feel free to plug those right now if you want. The Shukri Wrights show on 91.5 FM WMFO. Know Your Rights program on 100.1 FM WBRS and national radio show, The the, the Shoe with Shukri Wrights on Pacifica Radio Network on demand on iHeartRadio as well as part of the Shukri Wrights podcast. Hell yes. All right. So this has been a long time coming. I feel like, uh, you know, you're friends with a lot of our friends. You've had Lauren Campbell on a couple of your episodes. Uh, we we love Lauren. Um, what I really like recently from you has been the kind of like man on the street uh, kind of news, you know, the, the morning headlines and stuff. And then kind of your post game videos that you're posting on Twitter. I love that stuff. Uh, good to see people responding to that. Um how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, thank you. It's uh, it's been uh, pretty humbling when people are approaching me in the street now, saying that, "Oh my God, I follow you on Twitter." Oh, hey, like, like I, I, I see, I, I see you at the at this at this spot. Like, it, like it happened to me for game two. Like, this one fan literally was like, "Like, oh my God, I follow you. I follow you on Twitter. You, you, you're that, you're that guy." I'm like, yeah, uh, yes, I, I, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Um, but but no, it's 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 awesome. My like Bruin fans, I expected nothing less uh, 
from in terms of just the raw energy and passion, both on social media and as well as in person. So, so it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. So we wanted to get you on and, and get your thoughts on, you know, the series with the Islanders so far, there've been some kind of shakeups in terms of injuries and how Bruce Cassidy's handled that. And then kind of what you're expecting for tonight's game um, for, I guess, whoever's watching live. And then we'll, uh, we'll splice this in with the, uh, with the post game afterwards. Sure. Um, one of the things that I talked about earlier on my on my Twitter live video, which you can watch on 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 Shukri Wright's uh, Twitter page at Shukri Wright's, is is that the news of Craig Smith right now he is a game time decision, and that also one of the things I want to be look on the lookout for is the Bruins blue line against the Islanders forwards. When you look at the forwards for the Islanders. They don't blow you away in terms of names. Like you know, guys like of of Jordan Eberle, or or especially like a Matthew Barzal, or or a Cal Clutterbuck, or in the cases of Zekas, and, and and you know it doesn't blow you away. But I do think that there are times that this that this lineup one through the lines one through four absolutely. They just give you fits physically, and you kind of saw that at times in in game two. And with the series shifting to Long Island, I do think that the crowd is definitely going to be a factor. So I do think that the first 15 minutes of the game is going to be critical for the Bruins to take the crowd out of the game because mm-hmm. we know that Nassau Coliseum is one of the loudest venues in the NHL, and I think it's important that the Bruins are able to establish the game, their game plan early on. You know, get 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 bodies on bodies on bodies, like establish the forecheck, and as well as get pucks get pucks on net. Like, stop being so passive. That's really, in fact, that's probably the biggest thing of it all. Stop being so passive with the puck. Shoot, you got to make Semyon Varlamov uncomfortable. If you do, if you let him to get any type of comfortable and make him look like the next Andre Vasilevsky, this team is going to have problems. When this team is not aggressive getting pucks on net, this team has problems offensively. And you saw that at times, especially in the second period of game, game number two. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think one of the positives that I took from game two, um, not that it's necessarily a positive when you look at it at face value, but it's that right. the Islanders are going to treat that win as justification for continuing with Semyon Verlamov, where I am much more afraid of Ilya Sorokin. And I think that's a good point. Get pucks on net with, with Varlamov there. Um, Cause he, he is uh, vulnerable when, when you get pucks. Uh, thanks Nick for <laughs> chiming in. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think Things that I saw in game two that I liked. Um, I mean, I, I saw I saw you comment on this earlier uh, that, you know, Jake DeBrusque wasn't, you know, he's he's not necessarily the answer on the second line. And thankfully, if Craig Smith is back, he doesn't have to be. But I think he had a pretty solid game and he was noticeable. And I think when <laughs> Jake DeBrusque is noticeable, that's great because people have seen him disappear for long stretches of, of time. And that's kind of the frustration with him. He's not, he's not your best answer in that second night. If Craig Smith can't go tonight. So Bruin fans, I hate to break it to you. 
destroy that expectation. And if Bruce Cassidy puts him on that second line, I'm going to look at him as, what are you doing? Like, you're going you're gonna to basically add an anchor to what is already an explosive second line when they're going well with David Krejci and Taylor Hall. Like, wh- what are we doing here? And the, the big component of, of it all, I think, in this series, and I was telling a few Bruin fans this before game one, was I need to see a lot more from guys like Charlie Coyle and Nick Ritchie, but because Nick Ritchie has been absolutely a big non-factor during this series up until this point. And Charlie Coyle on, on that third line, if that third line can get going at any point, that would be great. Yes, did did he stone did Charlie Coyle score in, in, in game one, like game two, rather, excuse me? Yes. But other than that, he has not been much of a factor this postseason for the Bruins. And you need to get that 2019 version of Charlie Coyle if this team is going to make a run to the Stanley Cup finals. And I'm at a point now where I'm going to call each and every single game for what it is in terms of matchups, in terms of where the Bruins stand, in terms of their health and as well as in terms of their personnel. Now, Jacob Saboral is going to be out for this game alone with Kevin Miller. I think that's huge because we know the, the physical component of, of Kevin Miller and what he brings to the blue line. But Jacob Saboral, he's a young, he's a younger guy, not as experienced, but he does bring skill to the position. But but the but the loss of Kevin Miller is huge. And you need that kind of physical presence for the Bruins in this series. You were able to get something out of Kevin Miller for, in round one against Washington, but you need it, especially at times where it will get more physical as the series progresses. And I think not having him for game three and games four is going to be advantage Islanders because now what the Islanders can do, they could deploy their fourth line to be the opening line to start games and they can deploy them at will in terms of that line is, is arguably the best fourth line in the NHL, even better than, than Tampa Bay's fourth line. I mean, in fact, and that's not a far-fetched thing to say. So if you're the Boston Bruins, I think game three is a monstrous game. If you are a Bruins fan looking for which direction is the series going to go as of tonight? Yeah, I think when you bring up Kevin Miller, too, I think just looking at Lazan's play as of late, I think that's a huge bro. Like the physical play aside, <clears throat> just that veteran presence, that playoff experience, uh, a little more trustworthy. And we, we've kind of shot on. Kevin Miller a fair amount in the past. Oh yeah, but I I am missing him now. Um, I think I think there really is something to be said about that experience playing at that level because what I f- see from Lazan is I feel like he gets a little bit emotional. He gets a little bit carried away at times, uh, which causes yeah. him to make mistakes, get out of position, take penalties. And this is a time where you really need someone you can rely on back there. So, well, at first I was like, all right, Kevin Miller's out, next man up. I'm now seeing, oh, Kevin Miller's playing a bigger role on this team than I actually thought at first. Yeah, and, and, and I like know, that you – You know what's interesting? I'm sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I feel like Jeremy Lazon has become a, a bit of a mental puddle 
um, especially after game two where he was he was on the ice for three of the four goals that were scored in that game, especially, obviously, the overtime winner, which I think is absolutely indefensible. Um, so I do think that right now the blue line for the Bruins outside of Charlie McAvoy is a major concern. This is no shot at Matt Grizzlick at all, but Matt Grizzlick is a tier or two lower than Charlie McAvoy at this point in time. And I do think that the blue line, this blue line right now as it currently is constructed, is something that can be that can potentially be exploited by the New York Islanders. Even if you look at their top line and you look at their the, the top six forwards and, and you say they, they don't fear the blue line of the Boston Bruins in terms of their ability to, to, to stop to stop them from being able to generate offense through the neutral zone and as well as their ability to generate first and second chances and so forth, especially now, knowing now that Tuka Rask is not fully healthy. So they're going to look to exploit that as well. Yeah, another thing I like that you brought up is just a name like Zaboral, and, and not necessarily just him, but also, you know, John Moore is another guy who's a depth defenseman, and, and just losing all your depth at defense can really hurt you um, when it comes playoff time, not necessarily because I think those guys are great players or anything along those lines, but if you have... A player like Lausanne who's struggling, maybe uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not as down on him as a lot of people are. But at this point in the season, when you do make a couple mistakes, uh, I do worry about where he is mentally and and how he's going to be in the next game based on you know making a few mistakes and maybe having a little bad luck take take hold of him. But I, it's a lot about how he's going to respond and not about like okay we have this safety net or Bruce Cassidy has this safety net where he can say all right maybe we try out a couple of different guys and see what happens right now it's just Jared Tenorti and uh that's yeah. a guy who's going to get skated around um if you put him in there and yeah, yeah I'm not down on the uh, like Lazan to the point where what was it the first or the second goal of game 2 where it went off his skate and went in and I see a lot of people who are like, oh, that's all his fault. Like, what's he doing? It's like, that's a little bit of bad luck. But I am down on the point that I don't trust him back there. I really don't. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned John Moore, and I cringed a little bit. But I'm kind of thinking, like, I wish we could give John Moore a game. I wish that was a possibility. Um, yeah. The Tenorti, I am a fan of just because of the physical presence he does bring. Um and I don't know if he's had playoff experience, but he does have more experience than Lazan. But yeah, he he can get skated around, especially with a faster team like the Islanders are, at least compared to what we saw from uh, the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals have guys like Kuznetsov and Ovechkin who are very high skilled, but for the most part, they're built around physicality and size. Uh, but the Islanders are very more of the same strategy as the Bruins are built similar to the Bruins in that there are a lot of skill-based and just talented hockey players there. And I like that we haven't really brought up Connor Clifton as a no, negative let's in Connor any way. It's, it's just this guy is, uh, he's in the lineup now and belongs there. Um, and and that's a, a good sign in terms of how he's played and, and the Bruins and their fans' uh, confidence in him now. You know, one thing you talked about, um, Connor Clifton. And Connor Clifton is a guy that I think could could make a, 
difference. But I want to go back on the point about about Jared Sonotti because Sonotti was brought here for just for his physical presence, which which I believe he does bring. But I do want to also point out the fact that it is imperative. It is imperative for the Boston Bruins to figure this out, figure it out on 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 the blue line and, and as well as like the bottom six because a team like the Islanders like and I'm gonna keep hammering home this point and I really want Bruin fans that, that are watching this now and I was gonna watch this later on to think about this for tonight's game is you are going to need all four lines to go. You need all four lines. It's great to get offensive um offensive um like contributions from from McAvoy um as you've gotten throughout this playoff so far but he can't be the only one. Like you, you, you can't, you can't look at um, Matt Grizzlick and say, "Well, Matt Grizzlick has, yeah, he's contributed on, a, on on a few assists, but he hasn't put the puck in the back of the net, and he's and he was supposed to be the guy that's that's also a bit more of, a, of an offensive defenseman." So, I look at, I look at the bottom six for the Bruins right now, and I say I am very concerned because right now you've got you've gotten next to nothing from the third line. In the fourth line, which I expected a lot more from, especially Sean Corrali, you've gotten next to absolutely nothing. So I, if you are, I have a if, question for you on that fourth line uh, before sure, we continue. Go ahead. So yes, Carson Kuhlman presumably out tonight uh, if yeah. Craig Smith's slotting in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I prefer him on that fourth line over Chris Wagner, but Chris Wagner does bring that physical presence that you were talking about when you want to match up against the Islanders, where do you fall on that? Chris Wagner is the, is the one guy who I feel most comfortable with in terms of he, he can obviously bring you like the offensive side of the game, but he can also um, bring, bring a checking game as well, but he can obviously score as well. But Carson Kuhlman is a guy that I look at and I say, you know, Kuhlman, Kuhlman, Kuhlman he still has a lot to learn in terms of being a bit more consistent because he'll have games where where he'll show up, not just only in terms of the, the, score, the box score, but he'll show up in other areas that will impact the game. And then there are, there are other games that he's like, uh, where, where, where is he? Like, like what, what is he doing? So the big thing for me right now is you need guys like Chris Wagner to be huge. If he can come up huge tonight – or in game four, but especially tonight, that would do the Boston Bruins a lot of good moving forward, especially where especially where health is becoming a concern, a legitimate concern for this team. Because you, you we already see like the guys that are, that are that are already either injured or will miss game three. So I do think that there is something to be said in terms of the depth of the Boston Bruins being tested. Now is in a series against the Islanders in which that they are absolutely relentless and they're playing without fear in a Barry Trotz system. You need your unsung heroes to be your unsung heroes. And you need guys like like Chris Wagner, for example. You need guys like Charlie Coyle to come up huge. You need guys like Sean Corrales to come up huge. And Carson Kuhlman, what can he contribute offensively as well? You need your bottom six guys to also produce as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you get a game off from either of those top two lines, what, what are you expecting from, You're yeah, done. from a scoring standpoint? Yeah. 
you're done. It, uh, if if the birds are online and and uh, and I'm, I'm going to stop calling that first line the perfection line. But oh yeah, we don't do that here. We have a name for good, it here. Good, good. <laughs> if you are getting nothing offensively from the top line or even from from the creation line, you're, you're you're done for because you haven't gotten enough from the third line. And and I'm be I am beginning to become very critical of that of, of Charlie Coyle as to listen. This has been an issue all season long with him. He has he has not had a good year offensively at all, and or defensively, yes, or, or defensively exactly. So you need him to step up, and you need him the most. And it's just one of the things that I wholeheartedly believe that if you are the Bruins, you and if you're Cassidy, you're getting that bottom six, and you're saying, guys, I need you guys to step up, please, because now is the time we need you most. Yeah, I think we, when you've brought up Charlie Coyle too, like the 2019 Charlie Coyle is what we really want to see. And I think we've seen flashes of that. And there was a play last series where he literally skated around the entire zone with the puck. And then there was that goal he scored the other night. And that's really what you want to see from him. It's unfortunate Marcus Johansson isn't there anymore because they made quite the fucking duo. <laughs> Um, he had a really bad game. year this year. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they, mm-hmm. they clicked so damn well. And that's why I think part of the reason Charlie Coyle did so well. Um, but yeah, now, now you've been kind of just like, it, it, especially the past two seasons, it's becoming a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it? A revolving wheel. Uh, what's the door? Revolving door. Yeah, just a revolving door. Yeah, revolving door. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a revolving door for him. So he's kind of like, you know, you got yeah. Nick Ritchie and Jake DeBrus there. It's kind of like a uh, the island of misfit toys on the third line now, where that used to be oh, what it was geez. on the second line. They're just they're prepping him to be the new Krejci. Exactly. Well, I don't think he can meet that expectation. But yeah, that's a pretty lofty expectation around here. Uh, like, uh, I'm not I would see that. Yeah, that's that's about that's rather a bit uh a bit scary to say the least. Cam, it's all that's it's all good, but no, no worries. Yeah, no worries. We're good without you, Cam. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> As always, running smoothly smoothly without Cam. Uh, Drew, you got anything to add? I think uh, I think like somewhere around the twenty five minute mark is probably a good spot to yeah to call it, and we'll uh and then resume rendezvous. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what the ideal is, uh, you said you were going to go out to the bars and watch watch the game, and then, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm I'm actually planning to be at Hurricanes tonight, um, to for the um, for the bar stools on um, viewing party. That's if that place is not already like to the brim and we, where you can't even walk inside. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, but I I do fully intend to be there, um, to uh, to, to watch the, the game and whatnot. All right, and then we'll uh. We'll send send you another link. We're gonna have uh, gonna have our buddy Mikey on uh, from the Three Cheers for Goaltender Interference podcast. Um, Islanders fan, awesome. His his oh, co-host Cat Silverman has also asked to join. <laughs> we'll so. see if the Bruins win, then we can just rub it in his face. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, if, if, if we the, gotta if really the Bruins lose, I am really am not gonna I'm not gonna be if able the, to like. If the Bruins <laughs> lose, he's not coming on. So. Uh, listen, if the Bruins no, if the Bruins lose, I won't even like entertain any like like smack. I'm just listening. L- listen here, like I don't want to treat you like an enforcer, but I will throw you through the damn ice. Like, don't tempt me. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll warn Mikey about that, and then I have two things to add before we wrap it up. Yeah, sure. 
Bruins and Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. And go Bruins. <laughs> I'm trying to get the towel on. Terrific. <laughs> good job. Good job on the on, on the promo right there. Using the rally towel to, yeah. to you know, get them, to make the sponsors happy. You know what I mean? So, like, good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, the yeah. Bruins are sponsored by DraftKings. We're sponsored by DraftKings. Like, what's the difference there? Should we have our Bruins and Bruins podcast Bruins? Is, is not yet sponsored by Miller Lite, but come on. Uh, you can do it, guys. Chili says an answer, too. So how about Orbit Gum? Let's go. <laughs> Orbit Gum. Your- That's we're oh, shooting geez. high for the sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, listen, you, it's, it's about it's about getting that money, man. I I, I manage you. Well, now now that masks are uh, are going out the door, you're gonna need gum again. Exactly. So, orbit gum. <laughs> oh, listen, listen, listen. I mean, I, I put out a tweet the other day about that. I'm like, listen, I'm not looking forward to smelling someone's nasty breath. Like, if your if your breath smells at the bottom of the Charles River, like, get away from me now, please. Like, I will, like, I will, I will call you out on the T. Like, listen, that's that's not very flattering. I'm good, thanks, but. all right well this was this was awesome uh i mean we'll we'll catch up with you in a few hours and hopefully it's a good uh good experience for all of us and or i I hope so i I hope i hope so because i'm like uh like let's go let's let's go bruins like we we taking that game three will be huge on the road because because even if, if at worst you lose game four, two of the next three games, you have home ice advantage. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also catch, uh, if you're watching this right now, catch me and Drew. We're going to be on the Slapshot Sweethearts podcast uh, for the second period. I think it's the second. Um, yeah. for, the, for the live stream. So if you didn't get enough of us now, <laughs> check, check in there. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. And uh, cut. Hello and welcome to the second half of this Bruise and Bruins episode, episode 51, I think, or 52. 52. It's the Corrali episode. No, it's the uh, Ted Johnson episode. Yep. Um, throw back <laughs> to the Pats. Um, we're with uh, Shooky Wrights and uh, Mikey Radigan. I almost forgot your last name, Mikey, because <laughs> um, I just know it as Mikey Rads. Uh, Mikey's an Islanders fan, so this should be interesting. The Bruins just won an OT in game two against the Islanders. Uh, great game. Great game. Marshawn with the OT winner. Uh, I'm just going to rub this in Mikey's face as much as possible. Uh, how's everyone feeling, especially Mikey, after this one? <laughs> uh, I think it's wow. going to be a long series. Um, I know a lot of people were... I think it's going to be a long series. That's uh, game two went to overtime. Game three went to overtime. I I could see this going the distance. That's that's how I'm feeling watching these two teams play. Two teams play. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of space out there. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't love the two goals that were that Barlamov gave up, but he played really well. Tuka played really well, and I, I so I. I think it'll go the distance, especially, and I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, if Carlo uh, is hurt. I think that's going to be a, a big loss to the Bruins, to be honest. And I, I hope he's okay. I, I do not. That was a very comfortable hit to watch, watch him go on like that. Yeah, before, before you, uh, we 
started recording, uh, Shukri and I were talking about uh, the Carlo injury and how important that makes uh, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, Shukri, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, you know, and, and it's interesting because me interviewing me, I have spoken with several people saying that McAvoy had become absolutely indispensable and irreplaceable for the Boston Bruins. And after tonight's injury to Brandon Harlow, my point could not, could not have run any more true. His importance to the Boston Bruins right now goes up even more because let's let's be honest. We all saw how much Brandon Carlos struggled to get back up on, on his on his on his skates. Yeah. Um and that told me, dude, do, do this concussed again. I'm willing to bank that he that he's concussed again. Like I'm not yeah. wishing it, but it looked horrible. Absolutely horrible. And mind you, he already had a concussion, I believe it was a watch fifth. As well, so so it's like and this, this was against on Washington as well. So so my thing now becomes, if you're the Boston Bruins, if he is going to be out for a sustained amount of period, which I think he is going to definitely miss significant time, who do you plug in? Because now the top pairing of McAvoy and Grizzik has even more importance, but also. Where do you plug Connor Clifton as well? Where do you plug in on Jared Tenorti as well? Like, those are important questions that I think good fans need to start asking and start wondering because that Carlo injury and the way he looked tells me that he's done for the series. Don't be surprised if you hear tomorrow morning that Cassidy says that he's done for the series. Because at at least, yeah. Yeah, like because it did not look good at all. And someone yeah. made a really great point on Twitter. I want to point out real quick that the problem with, with Carlos is that this is not the first concussion that he's had. The problem is that players try to come back too soon from concussions. And yeah, I told him, you know, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Carlos might have or might not have been another example of trying to come back too soon. But like I said, if, if you're a Bruins fan watching this this stream right now, I don't know how you possibly feel good about about Carlos' chances of coming back at any point during during this series, at the very least. Yeah, I mean that's that's something we gotta consider. And I, I mean, on the on part one, we were talking about how the Bruins' defensive depth is absolutely shot right now. So yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big a big thing going forward. And I. But your, to your point about him maybe rushing back is they were they were marching out random guys off the waiver wire back there for a while in the regular season, right? The Bruins they were they were so thin. On, Still uh, are. That's a, next yeah, next guy up is uh, Jared Tenorti. Is, that, is that, Miller, Kevin, is that his name, right? Kevin Miller is he hurt? Miller's still out. He's still out. He's, he's still he's, hurt. He's missing games three and four. Right, right, right. I mean, he's not a. I, I think Carl is a way better defenseman than him anyway. Yeah. But at least he could eat, maybe eat some minutes. But yeah, it, like it's gonna have to. Um, it, a lot of minutes are gonna be eaten up by that uh, top pair for the Bruins. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think both teams are pretty resilient teams, to be honest. Um, you know, they know. I think they're they're like they're they're. 
pro playoff teams. They, they bounce back. Like the Bruins bounce back after a tough game two. The Islanders uh, bounce back after a tough game one. And I, I think it's going to be a back and forth thing. I think I, I, I think both teams, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's physical out there. That's, that's the one thing I can say compared to every other series. It seems way more physical, not in a dirty sense or anything like that. I think it's largely, I mean, yes, I'm after the whistle nonsense, but I think it's been pretty clean. Just a lot of hitting a lot, a lot of clean checks, finishing your checks. And I think, I think this just has the making of going seven. I could be wrong. Maybe it won't, but that's, that's how I feel. So kind of off of that, Mikey, my question is after, uh, you know, the Islanders first game with a packed stadium, how do you think the Islanders, I, I suppose, kind of feel after that? And then how do you think their response is going into game four now with the, another packed crowd on home ice after, you know, it was an OT game, kind of a coin flip at the end there, but... Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think both teams, obviously the Bruins controlled the shot share when you're going to look at the end, the, the stats at the end. But I think the Islander, once they got that first goal from Barzell, they started really pushing. They pushed a lot through that overtime. You know, I think they had the first they had the first five or six shots through that overtime. Mm-hmm. Something similar happened to this in the last round against Pittsburgh. They game three and they lost a heartbreaker, you know, in the last minute to the Penguins. They, they came all the way back and then they ended up losing 5-4 on a, on a bad goal again and game four, they come back and they at home again and they, they went four one. So I, I think Barry Trotz has this team to be, you know, just even headed, like even keeled. And I think the Bruins are kind of the same way to be honest. So I think they'll rebound and, and then it, it becomes again, I think you're going to get a coin flip uh, the rest of the way. It seems like it's kind of Bruins dominated game one, but it was a tie game, you know, 10 minutes left in the third. Right. So yeah. I, I think that's what you're going to see the rest of the way. And I like Tuco looks on his game. I, I don't know the injury thing. I, I don't know if that was gamesmanship by Cassidy, but like he looks, he looks ready to go. I mean, the save on Barzell, he had an overtime. Like he, he looks ready to go, and he had two breakaway saves today too. Mm-hmm. Don't forget on uh, I think on Bovillier twice. Yeah, sucks for Bovillier. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's always great when Tuca's playing well, and I, I don't know the the one thing I wanted to ask you Mikey was did Trotz kind of use that game one as a an excuse to slot in Varlamov instead of Sorokin you know it's it's interesting if you watch game one like Sorokin he wasn't bad but like the Bruins were throwing it at his pads and he was having trouble like tracking the puck like he he really didn't know where it was it went behind him a couple times so I think it's like okay Sorokin was great in round one. It's it's. I think it's the beauty of having two really good goalies. I don't think there's a wrong decision to be honest. I think okay. uh, so. I think he goes back to Varlamov on for game four. But here's the thing: Varlamov has been giving up like very early goals uh, within the first two or three shots in all of his starts. Then he settles down, and he, I thought he played pretty well today. To be honest, I think he had some really. I, I think he had some really big saves and high on high danger chances by the Bruins. So. I think they'll go back to him. The key is he can't give up a goal on the third fucking shot again. Like that, this keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's becoming, it's, you know, his first four playoff games or whatever, he's given up a goal in his first three yeah. shots. Or... And like, listen, the, the Charlie Coyle goal game three, uh, you know, Charlie Coyle just kind of ragdolled Nick Letty and was able, like, he just, the way he bodied him, it was credit to him. And it was a beautiful move. I don't blame Varley for that. Uh, 
who scored was it Craig Smith that scored the first goal yeah. tonight? It, okay, yeah, so correct. It was it was just, a kind of a, it was a knuckle puck a little bit. It was a knuckle puck. So like so going going off that, I, I want to throw it back to Shukri because uh, we talked before the game about the third and fourth lines stepping up for the Bruins and who scored for the Bruins tonight, the first and second lines. Uh, what did you think of the performance of the third and fourth lines? Um, what, was there some like underlying stuff that you liked or was it again, just like another no show from those guys? Honestly, I look at it as they got a bury opportunities because what, listen, the opportunities for this, for, for those two lines to bury the puck in the back of the net. I mean, I cannot emphasize enough when you're playing as tightly of a contested series as this is, because two of the first three games have been decided by one goal. You need everybody and you need to, to like, basically capitalize on great opportunities. I mean, I mean, goodness grief. Like, listen, the, the, the third and fourth line by, by large part, was okay. I wasn't overly impressed, but 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 can we talk about that penalty on 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 Sean Corrali that was called? I mean, God, Lee, I'm not yeah, here yeah. to bash Sean Corrali at all, but seriously, if there was a game that I I really have, I would reserve the right to completely complain about. It would be this game. The refereeing was just absolutely horrible. Kelly's- it was bad, yeah. Kelly Sutherland, excuse me, was just just terrible tonight. The inconsistencies, so much so that if you're going to get Joe Haggerty, uh, formerly of NBC Sports Boston, now of Boston Hockey now, for him, for him to call out this um, the, the referee during the game said an awful lot. I mean, come on. Like, but as far as the third and fourth line, I thought they were okay, but they, they, I was not blown away. Um, by, by by all else, like I just wasn't. I think. Yeah, I think um, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. So I, yeah, I was just really quickly. I think the officiating was bad for for both teams, and and I don't think it gave anyone yeah, an advantage. It but it just makes it makes for worse hockey. I, that's what I was, a lot of a lot of tripping, a lot of yeah. cross checking that should have been called that just wasn't, and yeah, then then some really ticky tack calls called. that yeah. really made no sense. Um, I, I was going to say, I agree. I think everyone who <laughs> watches hockey for whoever, whichever team you root for has a huge problem with the refereeing in the playoffs this year. I think everyone has just had it. I, uh, you know, they got to get cross-checking under control. Uh, they like too many times, like I, I understand it's how players are taught. You're, you know, when you go in front of the net, you get jabbed and you get, you get crossed but it's, it's like become an epidemic. I'm not like. You just see it so much, um, and referees seem to miss it. So I, I think everyone is pretty unhappy with the refereeing on every, like for every team, really. Well, yeah, like like Sugar was saying, the Corrali play specifically, that is during the regular season. That's cross checking, and he he was trying to push sure. him off the puck, but he used his stick to push him off the puck, and I mean he went down. I don't know, whatever. But earlier in the game, that was not a penalty. I don't think you should be doing that in the last three minutes of the game to, you know, give your opponents a power play with a chance to win the game. But yeah. also the way the game has been called, that's that shouldn't be called later in the game. I it's no. it's a whole right. bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's it's the inconsistency that I think frustrates everyone for every team. Um 
going back to the Bruins at like the third and fourth line and how they played, you know, it's really interesting. I, I, I been saying throughout the series, I think the Islanders will can live with giving up a surrendering a goal to the first line, to the Bruins first line, the, the, the Berger, Bergeron, Pasternik, Marshan line. I, I think the, they, the erection line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they can. Well, I, and I think, you know, Pelican Pulak played them pretty well tonight, to be honest, besides mm-hmm. the, the overtime goal. What the, what the hell can you do on that? But I think the Islanders could live with like, listen, we give up a goal to these guys. That's fine. Let's, let's clamp down on, you know, make sure their depth guys don't score. And I think that's where, although the Bruins have a very good second line as well. Um, but I, I think that's where like the, the Islanders really rely on their third and fourth lines where you have guys like JG Pajot, who's had a really good playoff so far. Kyle Palmieri, you know, Casey Zizekas had a big goal. That's where, that's where the Islanders are kind of relying on their depth guys to step up and, you know, have some goals. Because Barzell hasn't been scoring at all this playoffs either. He just scored his first goal tonight. That's the I know. Part. And I know. Like, I know Islander fans are wondering, like, what's got what's taking him so long to finally get on the score sheet? Like, I mean, but listen, if the Islanders are going to win this series and moving forward, they need Matt, Matthew Barzal to get going offensively. Yep. Like, uh-huh. They're very – Like, if he – No, no, it's okay. And I think that it's one of those, it's one of those things I look at and I say, listen, if you, if the Islanders, and, and as I was saying in the pregame, and as Chris and Drew can attest, you need your best players to be your best players, and especially the, 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 the toxic sports. And this couldn't apply more than the New York Islanders, one above all else. Like, like listen, Matthew Barzal has got to elevate his game. I mean, this, this is not a, an offensive explosive team by any stretch of the imagination. Like, and I was talking about the fourth, but I'm like, listen, I looked at these guys, I'm like, I'm not going away. Like, okay, this, this is the type of team that can beat you two to one or three to two, blah, blah, blah. But I just think that, like, at this point, this is where Matthew Balls has got to get his offensive game going. I I completely agree. It's it's crazy. You know, they, they took care of the Penguins in six games without him doing a lot. And then, you know, it's – what was this game three? He finally scores a goal game three. Um, I think he looked a little better. I think he looked better in game two. He 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 handled the puck a lot better and he made better looks. And but yeah, he's he's got a good shot. He needs to start shooting and they're they'll start dropping, hopefully. I mean, you're you're facing an elite goalie, so that that adds, you know, an extra layer to it. But he listen, he got a greasy goal tonight, and maybe that gets going, and then, then maybe that makes the series interesting too. I I uh Listen, both teams did, are doing – the Islanders got a game in Boston. Bruins got a game on the island. If the Islanders can tie it, I, I, feel, like, I feel like both teams are really evenly matched. This is a really good series. Yeah, and, and in fairness to Matt Barzell, he's, he's being asked to do the David Krejci thing where he's carrying his own line, and, and, that, second, and that second line is the more balanced line. Right, um, like he's carrying Uncle Leo up there, and I yeah, don't... it's that's been, that's been a thing with Islander fans, you know. And if, even even if you look at their like advanced stats, that they their goals expected percentage is good, like, but it's like Leo Komarov is not a finisher, you know what I mean? Like he's a good agitator and whatever, but it's him and Eberle really doing all the work on that, and you know they're missing Andrews Lee on that line. That's, oh, absolutely, yeah. That's one of the best first lines in hockey when Andrews Lee is playing on that line. He does. He's he's one of the best net front presences in the NHL, so they they are really missing him. That's why 
I'm shocked they haven't thrown Kyle Palmieri up there to to maybe see if they could get uh, Barzell going. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, sorry. That's that's all I'd say. I was taking some of my whiskey. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Wikey. <laughs> um, yeah. I was so, gonna say, sh- should we Shukri, talk about? I the- see- I was oh, gonna go just say, Shukri, I see you're if you're at the T and like you you can't keep talking, no pressure. Like you need to go in. And yeah, yeah, I mean you can no, you can I, dip I, whenever, I but um, yeah, like I'm about to hop on this train just just shortly. But I definitely wanted to um to at least say uh, thank you for having me on, uh, and um, it was definitely my pleasure to talk to you, Mikey and Chris and Drew. Thank you for inviting me on the stream. Hey, thank awesome. you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll talk to you guys later. Sadie. See you later, man. Um, he's great. Yeah, he's really, yeah, he's definitely gonna have awesome. him back on at some point. Really good. I just followed him on Twitter uh, a couple of minutes ago. Um, I follow too many Bruins people though. It's not good for my mental. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep that under wraps. I'm just like, God damn it! Every time I, I I try not to scroll through Twitter too much during the games. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna get upset. Because I think I, I follow as many Bruins people as I do Islanders people, and I'm like, this isn't this isn't good for my mental health. So um, is that because of us? <laughs> it's because um, it's be, well, it's because I went to school at Merrimack, obviously, and then I worked in Boston after for the sports hub. So I just like have you could like, just you could have just said it was because of us. <laughs> well, it's because of you guys too. But you, I like you guys. Like there are Bruins fans that I like, and then there's uh, there are people. I before the series I tweeted um gotta find it. Oh, it must have Sorry. been a great tweet then. Expectations <laughs> are high if you're Please, scrolling to no, find it. Are you kidding me? I uh, I tweeted this Isles Bruin series is so personal to me because for the four years I was at Merrimack I got absolutely bullied by dudes <laughs> named like Sully from Ravia for being an Islanders fan. Yeah, I, so. I believe I retweeted that because it's a great tweet. Listen, it's not. I'm not referring to you guys. I'm not even referring to my friends I made at Merrimack. It's like the the dickheads, like that. Uh, it's guys like uh, Mikey yeah. Riley. Yeah, uh, your cousin from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was the first game. Game uh, the Islanders lost in overtime. They had four. That that was their fourth overtime game this playoffs, and they were. 3-0 going into this. So I, I was bound for some pain out <laughs> at one point. So I'm yelling what at you, to jump on the call. What are you guys drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Tomordew and Diet Coke. Miller Lite, baby. Wow. So it was funny. Water. The yeah, Drew, you need to be drinking water. Um, yeah. the the yeah. beer that I had on the uh, so we went on the uh, Slapshot Sweethearts podcast for the second period live stream. Cool. And uh, well, they were saying that like they so I, I had a Miller Light and then also like my next beer after that was like a Brett IPA or something like that. And I opened it and I started drinking it. And they were they were talking about like, nah, we're not like hoppy beer fans more sour fans and i started drinking it. i was like this tastes like a sour um Miller? no the the other beer i had oh whoa, whoa, whoa. gotcha not not miller, miller light never sour always never, very never fine sour. pilsner oh wow uh canes won in overtime mm. 
for them. Count it. Uh, count it. I said um, they'd get one. You know, I predicted that because predicting well, hockey is very important. I think uh, I think the Leafs look uh, not the Leafs. I was going to admit the Leafs. Let's look, the Leafs look great. I think they had a real shot at this year. Part of the Leafs that was like that rocks. <laughs> um, the the Avs and the Lightning look like they're just like all right. We're going to meet in the Stanley Cup final. Like, uh, they look both like they're ready to ready to go. That's. I, I drew mentioned it on the on the live stream over there like those are the two teams that he's scared of those are the two teams mm-hmm. that i think are but you know, you know the on most track you know the most hockey thing is going to happen is the habs are match up against the abs and they're going to upset the abs and everyone's going to lose their mind and we're all going to have to sit through the analytics discourse on twitter <laughs> for, for the entire oh, summer here's the question is pierre doing that for real or is he trolling no it's like first of all people let's stop taking the bait like let's please stop taking the bait every team employs an analytics department like <laughs> please let's use our let's use our brains here let's all take it's a the step, step absolute back. classic twitter thing where uh like a hundred people start tweeting like I can't believe this person said this and you can't find the original tweet where anyone said this or like people like everyone's saying this thing and like no one can find the people saying that thing. Yeah. Uh, It's it's something that's been settled like years ago, like teams, teams have like, there's a list. uh, There's a list of who each team employs for their analytic staff and stuff like that. And every team uses it. So whatever Pierre Maguire, psycho thing Pierre Maguire (laughs) wants to say, like, we ignore him during the game. Why are we? Why are we like care what he says on a local uh, radio station in fucking Minitoba? <laughs> like, like, the guy's a bum. The guy was like, he's a bum. His whole career, he's a bum. Like, I don't mean to disparage anyone, but he sucks. <laughs> yes, I don't mean to disparage anyone, but he's cold sucks. open. <laughs> like, let's let's stop getting upset. No one follows Pierre and me like. Oh, he he's like he's the guy that he, I, I, may, I may have hit, I may have totally gone off on NBC Sports Network tonight for the first time. Oh, man, their, ever. Their, uh, their broadcast stinks. So that's another thing. It was I, real bad. I think all the fans and Bruins fans are like, these guys suck. The, the Brandon Carlo hit like, OK, yeah, it was probably a clean hit. And I don't think any supplementary discipline is necessary. It wasn't even a penalty. It was just like a hard hit where he ended up hitting his face on the boards. Can we not center the player who hit Brandon Carlo when we're yeah. like beginning that conversation and rather yeah. just be like, oh my God, I'm like, this I sucks. Hope, like, I hope Brandon Carlo. Okay. I hope he's you know? okay. Like he has a history of concussions, not like, yeah. hey, everybody hold up. Like we know what the reaction is going to be here, but look at this really hard hit. This guy's so good and he hit him. And they had to show Carlo like struggling to get up, and I'm like, I don't want to see that shit, man. And like, no. they did they did the same thing in game two where DeBrusque uh, cross checked Mayfield in the back of the head like really hard, and Mayfield went down. And Pierre's like, that's just good old old time hockey. And then the next day, DeBrusque got fined, and he even said he's like, yeah, that's on me, and that won't happen again. Yeah, which I, re- I won't do it which, again. Which I respect so much. You never see players fucking say that either. So I, I really respect him for saying that. But when that happened, Pierre's like, just good old old time hockey. It's like, you people are psychos, man. <laughs> like, mm. what is wrong with you? Very it's, glad it's getting it's away old, from It's NBC. old white people in hockey. And it's just like, yeah, pretty sick of that shit. 
I think they're just, I think NBC is kind of just mailing it in now. Even their graphic, like their, their on-screen graphics suck. Like that, that scorekeeping graphic. I'm like, dude, it looks Why like a they... fucking baseball game. It's, it's baseball, it's like, who's but on they, fucking the bases are empty. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like fucking diamond. They even have the like little spots for like where to put the base runners. Yeah, exactly. I, I so confused on a team. Like I, I flipped on the Tampa Bay uh, Vegas game last night, and I'm like, okay, someone's on a power play. I see the the power play uh, clock on there, but I'm like you, I can't tell who's on a power play because it's just like in the center of the scoreboard. It's like. That they their scorekeeping graphic. I'm like, what? It's they're just they're air mailing it in, and like, it's wild that they would change it like now. Yeah, it's like guys, you're you're done after this summer. Like, just keep it, and then like, maybe maybe they had to pay a like graphic design company for the rights to the one that they had before. Yeah. So and and then just like ran out, so they didn't want to re up, and they were just like, ah, we'll throw something together. Do we have we ever shown baseball in the last like ten years? Okay. Maybe they're like maybe they're getting ready for all those car auctions that they're gonna put (laughs) on and like that's what, saying. Like, like, what, is, what is NBC Sports Network going to have? Like, it's horse be, racing and car auctions. It's, it's, it's going to fucking be. It's going to be like night. Liverpool, Tottenham on Sunday, and then it's going to be Dame. car auctions. Notre Dame Sunday football. football, Sunday night football, and that's it. And then, well, NBC uh, Sports Network doesn't show Sunday night football. It's just NBC. No, no um, NBC listen, Sports does Notre Dame football. They have like the Reds to all that, and they have. They have uh, the most Dame, random thing. Notre Dame hockey as well, though, there, but like, which yeah. I, I enjoy. I enjoy college hockey. I've, I've watched it a couple of times on NBC yeah. Sports um, But like, here's the thing. I, I mean, I think everyone agrees that this is going to be great for the NHL. It's going to, um, it's going to ESPN as well as Turner. And I know they're going to want to, I know Turner kind of want, wants to incorporate the HBO Max streaming service, which, uh, I could say I don't think that's a good idea, um, but like, because, but I think it's going to be good for the sport, and I think like inside the NBA and stuff on uh, TNT rocks. I think everyone really enjoys watching that, like basketball fans. So I, I just, they just got to bring the right uh, personalities to it. That's I'm cool with uh, like HBO Max being part of it if they're planning on doing some behind the scenes stuff. Um, I think we'll get that. I think we'll get yeah, doing uh, some like hard knocks kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, why not? I, I mean, the HBO used to do um, the Winter Classic uh, series twenty four seven. That was great. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I hope they they I think they'd be smart to bring over like Adrian Malesko. Oh, she's so good. She's great. She does the MSG feed uh, for Islander games, and Islander fans love her. And she's awesome. Like every every time I I flip over to a game that she's doing, uh, I. I was remarking on this literally today, like in my head, like, yeah, I rarely do I listen to a broadcast and I'm like, oh, this person's really good. Yeah. Um, and it, I, it was the it was like this lightning hurricanes game. Yeah. And whoever was doing the play by play, what I think someone got a stick caught up in someone else's skate and it was just like. Uh, kind of an off the cuff, like uh, he went the long way there and like pulled the skate uh, stick out the wrong way. And AJ Malesko was like, no, like he couldn't get the knob through the skate. So he went the other way and just like <laughs> fucking owned him. And I was like, that's so good. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The play by play. 
So the play-by-play guy is the Islanders play-by-play guy. And the, the AJ does color for the Islanders as well. Um, okay. Yeah. She's, she's awesome. And she does a podcast with um, Arthur Staple of, of the athletic who covers the Islanders. And like her analysis is really good because I know people get turned. She is not an analytics person. Like she even says, she's like, I'm not big into the analytics. She's so good at breaking down the game. Like it's like, I've you, you learn new things like just from, listening to her and how she her perspective because she played on a fucking she won a bunch of olympic gold medals like for team usa she's very very uh so they'd be smart to grab her dominic moore i think is really good uh for nbc sports um they should bring mike milbury back and mike babcock (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm I'm gonna gonna say i'm gonna say no to dominic moore because i just I want as little of the stink of NBC Sports Network on Patrick Sharp as possible. Patrick Sharp. Patrick Sharp's fine. Like, Anson Carter's good. I'm down with those guys. Uh, I would love to see Kevin Weeks uh, getting some... Oh, yeah. Getting some Mm -hmm. stuff. Kevin Weeks had one of the funniest tweets uh, I've seen in a long time yesterday. Someone was talking about, like, the broadcast and was, like, yelling at Kevin Weeks for... uh, for like his call on the on the hit the shifley hit and kevin weeks was just like yeah totally agree uh won't won't do it again also i wasn't on the call tonight so like you know mix in some waters with whatever whatever you're drinking enjoy the rest (laughs) of the playoffs (laughs) speaking of that hit it's crazy how it's just given everyone brain worms like some of the takes were like you should have kept his head up it's like are you fucking idiot like (laughs) all I needed to see was uh, our friend Kaylee pulled up the uh, the like literal rule forty two for charging and just like hey fucking read this yeah <laughs> this had a really insightful and like uh, like good take on it was when I first saw it it was uh, Matthew Barnaby and I'm like oh god like he posted a video I'm like this guy's gonna like no disrespect to him, but I'm like, this guy's going to be like, Oh, it's just old time hockey. You got to keep your head up. But he was really like, he was really, he had a, a really great take. And he's just like, yeah, you, you wouldn't, if you're trying to stop an empty net goal, you're not going to bury the guy after the pucks in the, like the puck was basically in the net. Yeah. You're not going to, you, you, you try to deflect it or like use your stick, obviously. Like he's he putting, didn't use his stick. at yeah. all. And if you Mm-mm. watch the two minutes before, he was having a meltdown. He's trying to punch a guy that was laying on the ice. Like, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? I mean, I don't think four games is enough. And I hope the series, like, I hope Montreal wins that series and it doesn't go that long, to be honest with you, just so we don't have to deal with, like, the shenanigans that are going to occur after. But Oof, and it makes me feel so much less bad about the knee injury he took, like, in game one of whatever series it was uh, yeah. last last year. Um yeah. And like, yeah, just so it, 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 there've been some ugly, ugly hits. Like uh, that was bad. Obviously the Carlo, the Carlo hit, like just seeing hit his reaction. And I, I watched the Tavares hit live uh, a couple weeks ago. And that was just like, obviously that was a freak thing. That big was just, old nope. Yeah. Um, like I was watching it live and I got really upset. I thought like he was like dead. Like I saw him try to get up and he couldn't like, he was yeah, like a limb, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is not good. I'm that, that reminded me of the uh, Nathan Horton, the Aaron Rome mm-hmm. on Nathan Horton hit, where it was just yeah, like that's that scary to watch. Like yeah, the, yeah. whatever your brain does when it's not working at that yeah, well, level. 
Even mm-hmm. the Carlos thing, like, I'm just like, I, I can't stop showing me this guy that can't get up. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I, it makes me, like, really... Even the first part, before they showed him not being able to get up, he was just, sure. like, just absolutely dazed and couldn't figure out what was going on. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. I don't want to see that. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, and it's, like, it's a hockey play, I understand, whatever, but, like, we don't have to, like, be like, yeah, that rocks. <laughs> like... Well, see, that's what NBC wants to do. Right? NBC yeah. really wants to. Uh, the, they just want the, to pitch their bid to be like I the do, NHL story. I, like, I look do, at us. We show I the do want to talk about like, the what I, I do want to talk about like what NBC, like what their goal was and what the goal of like Turner and ESPN should be, like who they're trying to attract in terms of viewership. Because NBC, their business model was we want to uh there, there's like the really in deep hockey market that's watching these like wednesday night shitty games and then there's the like casual fan and we want to appeal to neither of them yeah. and uh <laughs> i feel like tnt and espn have to figure out like what they're gonna do with that because i think they'll i think uh, i I think they're going to draw more, more fans like out of market fans that you more out of their, the 60 year olds that just watch it besides us. Maybe, maybe they'll show Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Like just don't Matthews. Maybe don't do original six teams all the time. Like, and that's, I mean, obviously like, listen, but I think Boston had like, obviously that makes sense. They have a great team, but like, I don't need to see the fucking Chicago Blackhawks. You stink eight times on NBC. What are we doing? Like playing I, in at Notre Dame stadium. <laughs> yeah. Like, and no offense to the Rangers. They haven't been a playoff team the past three years. I don't need, or two years or whatever the fuck. Like I don't need, we don't need to see them. Let's show the other New York team where you can get eyeballs. And for whatever reason, we don't need to see the Sabres 10 times a fucking year either. <laughs> like they stink every year. It'd be cool if the Sabres weren't a team anymore for a couple of years. <laughs> I think like, just by ESPN having coverage, you know, that means it's going to be back on Sports Center. That means they're going to be on all their shows. They'll yeah, have talk about it. I mean, Stephen A. Smith talking about it is already a big deal. Yeah, exactly. I think just having it on those shows is huge just because they cover it. Stephen A. Smith calling the Toronto Maple Leafs the Dallas Cowboys. As an Islanders and Giants fan, like I ascended – after we, we we mentioned this in part one of this podcast what if, like one of my favorite things what if, that is going to be so even if you disagree with his takes like sometimes i'm like Stephen a come on but like he yeah, is so blaming good. Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl for yeah. the oil <laughs> i kind of I laugh i'm like well you know they put up i mean that's hockey media they put up 350 points like <laughs> but it is gonna he is so good he is so good on on the mic. He is so good with his takes. Like, I I love watching him, and I think it is going to be so good for the sport. Like, and people should just fucking embrace it. This is what like this is what's gonna it's gonna be good for the sport. It's gonna get eyeballs. Um, like you know you want to complain about ESPN just covering, you know basketball and LeBron James. Well, they're not. It's not just gonna be that. We're gonna you're gonna have other personalities now having hockey takes and i think that's that's a really good thing for the sport uh, honestly like it just kind of trickling down through the like the most popular programs on there like imagining them 
talking about it on around the horn which they do a little bit but not to the extent that they might now and then yeah uh, well sometimes they have uh emily kaplan from espn uh and like she's great on around the horn um but um you know like there's just this weird this weird inferiority complex hockey fans have with like uh with like uh like howie rose who covers the mets he used to be the play-by-play. He, he does the Mets uh, r- radio play-by-play. And he used to do the Islanders TV play-by-play. He's like, I, he tweeted out, like, I don't understand how anyone can prefer playoff basketball to a playoff hockey game. And it's like, dude, who cares? Like, people can like multiple <laughs> you things. You don't have to pick them. <laughs> uh, you know, I know people that prefer a playoff baseball game to a fucking playoff hockey game. And, like, I love baseball and I grew up with the Yankees. But, like, baseball is a boring-ass sport. And, like, people, like... So let pe- people can like multiple things. Let's grow up here. Jesus Christ. Like stop, let's stop uh, doing the pick me stuff with hockey. Jesus. It's, it's very funny that the, it's the same people doing the like, please like my sport thing who are yeah. also doing the like exclusionary, like, well, if you weren't here back when, like you're not a real fan, it's the same shit. So yeah. Yeah. It's like, it can't get out of its own way. It's like when you discover a band after they got popular, it's like, what, I'm not allowed to like that band because I, I didn't listen. I didn't know about their first like album, like grow up, you psychopath. Like <laughs> it's, it's, that's the only way hockey's going to grow. It has to be. And this is just a whole, as a whole, it has to be more inclusionary, which like they're trying to do, but they obviously can do better. Um, yeah. Like if you hopped in on Smash Mouth after their fifth album, yeah. like you're still allowed to be a if, Smash Mouth fan. If you got it on Smash Mouth after Shrek, like <laughs> All Star came out in 99 on their first album, Master Lounge. Shrek came out in 2000, 2001. Like, don't come at me like, you know, uh, you're part of Mouth Nation. Like, I'll accept you, but, um, you know, like, don't pretend you're you're part of Mouth Nation. Like, Oh, you, you didn't see Smash Mouth play a free concert at Burns Park on Long Island in uh, uh, 2008? Okay. Like, let's uh, come to me when you have. I'm so mad that Kat's not here for this. <laughs> yeah, we, I think she's uh, she's probably having felt. We've been trying to record a podcast like the past two weeks, but we both just have had like crazy life events where it's like, whatever. How did, how did you feel about her wearing a Bruins jersey today? Uh, I always forget she's a Bruins fan because I I just always associate with her and I I don't associate her as a Coyotes fan. I just, I associate with her just covering the Coyotes and like, we do a lot of Coyotes coverage. Um, like we'll talk about the Coyotes because that's just, she's so in tune with that. I always forget she's a fucking, uh, bees fan. I, I remember in fairness, I don't think she's like a bees fan. I think think she like, if, big, if she had to choose a team. Yeah, I think she's a very big Tuca fan, which I like that that kind of separates her from <laughs> Bruins fans because every like a lot of Bruins fans are like I mean I- Izzy's the real Yeah, yeah the real Tuca fan. So Yeah, I mean uh Yeah, everyone's like Tuca might not play, blah blah blah. And I'm like, this guy's fucking playing. You're all out of your what the fu-? and he looked really better than he did in game two, to be honest, I thought. He had a couple situations where I thought he didn't get across the crease. You think uh, so? Maybe I'm just maybe I, I'm... Th- this this wasn't like necessarily injury speculation. It um he he does this like in regular time too, where he'll just be really casual getting yeah. across the crease. And I think the the Matt Barzal goal was a combination of not really knowing where the puck was behind the net 
and not getting across the crease quick enough. So we couldn't really seal off that, the, the post. Um, and then, then like the third try by Barzell got that in. And then there was another, there was another one, like maybe about five minutes later where I was like, Oh shit. And I think Clifton like had a decent block where it was just like, yeah, I will give, I feel like the defensemen on both teams are just like, all right, we're going to absolutely just lay out our bodies this series. And like, especially in the first period. Yeah. First I mean, period, it, was like like, it was seven, five, it was like seven, five shots. It's like, I'm like there. And then the Bruins kind of, they took over uh, like the second half of period two and, you know, the first half of period three. And I'm like, Varlamov stood like, he was good. He was, I thought he was really good. And he was huge on the penalty kill. I think, I think the Bruins look really, 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 really strong in the penalty kill. And then, I mean, the power play, excuse me. And then the Islanders killed that off. And then I think they got momentum in the third after, you know, being able to kill that. And then Barzell came down and. I was, damn, I was absolutely shocked that the Bruins didn't score on either of those two penalty kills. I was, two power I, plays in the third period. It was. I, I had to close my eyes, but he, like, Varlamov, like, he's, he's good when he plays outside his crease. And he was, uh, he was able to, like, he, when he's out in, in his crease and he's moving around and he he looked he look good. I mean, the Marshan shot, like, yeah, I would not like him to give up a goal from the side of the fucking net, but like it happens. It, I mean, that that's, that's one of those ones where like, yeah, if too good, given that up, everyone would have been like, yeah, uh, start Swayman in game three or game four or whatever. But, yeah. I, I don't um, think, uh, I don't think, I don't think Varlamov is going to come out in game uh, four, I think. But I think it's got to be like, yo, you can't be giving up a goal in the first set, like at this three minute mark. Like, let's go. Let's like, let's give, give us a chance to get the lead, you know, in the series. So I think, uh, I think it's going to go back to Boston tied two, two, and then Bruins will win one, Islanders will win one, and then we'll all have to deal with the game seven and be nauseous for two and a half hours. Here's my only problem with that prediction. Um, in the last nine Bruins series that uh, since Bruce Cassidy took over, uh, or I guess it's 10 now because uh, there was a game four in the last series. Uh, whoever has won game four has won the series. Ooh. Um, and I, th- this this was like a little bit of research that, to like confirmation bias of my theory that game four is like the biggest game of the series. Um, I'm, I'm a big game four guy, not literally the biggest game. Cause obviously game seven is the biggest game. Well, they call him, uh, but they call him Chris game four gear. Yeah. It's game four gear no, over here. I think it's a good point. Well, cause if, if you look at it, just like on face value, like the things that can happen in a game four is either, your team or the other team are going to sweep the series, take right. a commanding lead, or tie up the series. Yeah, it could go. And, it's such a pendulum swing, and yeah, it's it's so works. wild how big the difference between two to two and three to one is. Oh, three to one, it's like, well, now we got. So that's what that's what happened last round with Islanders. They're down two one. They won game four, and it's like. All right, let's go into Pittsburgh and see if we can like steal a game here. And they they literally stole that game. They the the goal Yari like gave the puck to them in overtime and they scored. Yeah, that dude sucks. Uh, yeah, he stinks. Yeah, Tristan, Tristan Jari was like the number one reason I wanted the uh, Penguins to win that series. Yeah, 
it was just like and then it's like you're up even if you yeah even if you lose you win game four you lose game five you're like all right that then you know we got a game six and then you know you win game six and then we're literally coming into a coin flip for game seven so it's yeah it's and i i just got a bad feeling that this is going all the way just knowing how it's i think it looks more competitive than the bruins cap series yeah, I'm 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 on board with that. I'm, so part a part of me is is on the side of I watched game one, saw everyone being like, "Oh yeah, this game this series is going to be a blowout because this game was a blowout. The Islanders are overmatched. Like these top two lines are too good." Um, and and I was on the side of like, well, there was an empty net goal. Yeah, and like some pretty wild shit that happened in the third period that like made it look maybe not as close as it was right um and then game two like the islanders clearly kind of had that game in control until the bruins came back in the third period yeah um yeah so i mean i think if you look at the the series in in certain lenses it can seem either way but also part of me is like I feel like the Bruins could win this series in like five or six games. And like, you're saying it's going to go seven because you think the only way that the Islanders can win it is in seven. And maybe yeah, uh, that's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if, if like you told me the, like the Bruins won in five of like, yeah, I could see that if they won in six. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say five because I just, no offense to him. I don't want to give Joe Haggerty credit for his really bad tweet <laughs> after the Charlie Coyle go like, what the dude, give me a break. Um, and I just I think they're too too well coached of a team, and I, I just think that to not to not force it to six or seven, I just yeah. I think I think Barry Trotz is a way better coach than uh, Peter Lavallee. Like yeah, he is, I, I think Peter Lavallee's like just become a dumbass. I think the Caps are a team that like I think that you're you're seeing the wheels come off that franchise now. I think you're going to see a lot of guy like I. Seems like who's I don't I don't mean to talk about the caps on the on a Bruins podcast, but like it <laughs> Let's just do it. yeah. I, I just I think the Islanders I think both the Islanders and Bruins are resilient. That's why I just I'm like this seems like a title fight where we're just gonna see punch for punch like mat matchup. So I don't know. I I yeah. but if and, they lose in five, I look like a schmuck. So I just want to say I'm not shocked <laughs> if they lose in five. No, and and I, I think it is pretty evenly matched. I just um, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, but like I, I think whoever comes out of this series versus whoever comes out of the uh, the other series is uh, probably the disadvantage, no matter what. Yeah, I think I think whoever comes out of the series is a going to be banged up because it's just a physical series, and then. I think Tampa's winning that series and you got to go against all that firepower. Um, and the, I think arguably the best goalie in the world, it's, it's tough. It's going to, it's going to be a tough, uh, it's going to be tough, tough, tough road to uh, the Montreal Canadiens in the cup for, <laughs> that's what we're getting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that team, they're going to, we're going to get some random ass, Canadian team. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be uh Jets Islanders is gonna be the Stanley Cup oh final. People are so upset. I'm just gonna eat it all up. Um like 
because uh, the Bruins were like are very very heavily favored to win the series against yeah. against that. Like I think the Athletic gave the Islanders a twenty percent chance to win the series, and I'm like, guys, <laughs> that's absurd because. I'm like, let maybe I think I'd be more inclined to go Bruins sixty percent, Islanders forty percent. I think most Islander fans would be like, yeah, that's fair. And then, but like, they're like, no, the Islanders are like twenty percent. It's like, come on, I I don't care what numbers you're running here. Let's. That's like when the Buffalo Sabers play like the Colorado Avalanche. Like they have a twenty percent chance of (laughs) winning. Like, yeah, on, like, a Wednesday night in February, you're like, yeah, of course, I understand this, but they're like, yeah, the Islanders got 20. It's like, I- I'm sorry, I don't care what numbers you're running here. Can we just look at, like, the 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 history of both teams here and be like, I, I think the Bruins are definitely at an advantage. I think they are, like, a better team, but this is, like, hockey's the one sport where it's, like, the lower seed wins sometimes. And, you know, if weird things happen... It goes off a guy's butt and then, like, <laughs> or Do you got anything to add, bud? I was gonna just say now that we're an hour and a half into this Friday content, <laughs> that's supposed to be a half hour to 45 minutes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, you, you don't have to apologize. Fun times. Um, yeah, do you guys I, have anything else to add before we end it? No, I think I'm in the bedroom. I think my girlfriend wants to go to bed, so I should go anyway. <laughs> I, don't, I have to eat dinner. I don't have it's, a girlfriend, but I want to go to bed. It's so. eight forty-five, and I need to oh. eat dinner. <laughs> there you go. All right, you guys. Thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime. We're gonna do a like full-on crossover episode with. Uh, I know. With you I got. Yeah, yeah, we gotta get our shit together. And we'll if, the, if the Bruins win this series, we'll definitely be having you on again. If they don't, then you fuck off. Um, wow! I, what you're giving just me? Just kidding! I love you, Mikey. I have you on Snapchat for some reason. I, I know you guys are giving me a real Sophie's choice here. Like, do I want the Islanders to win, or do I want to hang out with you guys? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we can do both, but not really. Okay. All right, guys. You have, I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. Yeah, you got my information. Shrek. All right, I'm signing off. Good night, guys. All right, Coco's better.